This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team. Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. Welcome to episode two of season three of Podcast for Columbus. We're coming at you live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium at halftime where the FC Cincinnati's are getting annihilated by the Atlanta United Michael Parkhursts. I love Michael Parkhurst. Yeah, it is pretty fun to watch Dakota cheer for Michael Parkhurst. But my name is Todd Fichtenberg, and I, you can find me on Twitter at Toddrick33. And Dakota Stewart needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyways. He is at Coda Stewart, and that's spelled K-O-T-A, not like the bus company. So we had a game yesterday, kind of. No, we did have a game. We had a game in Foxboro, the worst place to watch soccer. Um, do you want to talk about attendance? Uh, I do have the attendance number. It was 13,808 to be exact. Was that the number of people who showed up or the number of tickets sold? It definitely looked like tickets sold. Okay. Um, so do we want to like laugh at other teams for not having good attendance? I would rather not ever talk about attendance again and only talk about soccer like a normal soccer fan. Oh, okay. That sounds like a plan. All right, well, we'll skip the attendance discussion. And we'll stop pretending like um, attendance matters as long as we have a soccer team here in Columbus. Um, anywho, so today is March 10th, 2019. And yesterday, like I mentioned before, we played the New, Evan- New England Revolution. And we fielded some soccer players. It was the typical lineup that we're used to seeing. It was see. actually the same exact lineup as last week. It was indeed. And the offense was just as productive well, I guess that's not fair to say because they scored two goals. But, it was better uh, than last week. But yeah. So, who was on the bench? <laughs> Where is it? Awkward silence. Womp, womp, womp. Okay, let's see. Come in. Very prepared. Shoot, I had it. Oh, that's you. Um, oh, there's podcasts getting way down there. <clears throat> that's really small. All right, so I've got our lineup here. If you want me to run through it. Go ahead. Uh, we've got Stefan, of course. Uh, back line, we've got Awful, Mensa, Sorrow, Francis. Midfield consists of Artur, Trap, Iguain, Santos, and Merrim. And up top, we have Jossie Zardes. And this is the exact same lineup as last week, is it not? Yeah, we did have a different bench. Uh, bench rolling out, we had Ricardo Clark, J.J. Williams, Hector Jimenez, Bendik, Mullins, uh, Robinho, and Josh Williams. So a couple more attacking options with Mullins joining the bench. Yes. And I suppose you could say Jimenez is an attacker. I mean, he got Well, he was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it looks like his use, you know, the Swiss Army Knife will be used as a more defensive player. Yeah. But he did end up uh, getting some in assist there. Yeah. Um, rolling into the game... Uh, the first 15, honestly, all the way up until the 25th minute, um, we really didn't create too much. Um, especially the first 15 minutes, Revs were pretty much controlling the whole rhythm of the game. I'm not sure if the crew were just sitting back, um, you know, just 
kind of seeing how the revs were going to come out, um, seeing what spots open up or whatever. Um, I know, especially um, watching Barcelona, they normally take a, a good 10, 15 minutes to look at the game and uh, really pick out the opponent's weaknesses. So um, I'm not sure if that's what the crew was doing yesterday or if they just couldn't get control of the ball and get the ball moving forward in their favor. But um so are you saying that the crew are Barcelona, basically? The crew is better than Barcelona. Oh, the, so better than Barcelona in MLS. That's pretty You can't amazing. be the greatest team the world has ever seen and not be better than Barcelona. So do we think in the uh, summer transfer window that Messi will be coming to the crew? That's rumor on the street. Nice. You heard it here first and last. Uh, so, of course, crew went up, and I do have to say that Pedro Santos with the perfect ball reminded that, me of Ethan Finley's balls back in the day. That was such a good pass. It was beautiful. Like, the way that the crew moved the ball around to get Pedro into that open area, um, he had plenty of time to move the ball forward into the spot that he wanted, and he crossed it perfect into the far post. Jossie got his head on it like he normally does, and there we go up one now. So I'm very happy for Pedro, happy for Jossie to get his first of the year. Um, that, it was a great goal. You couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, that was awesome that Jossie connected perfectly and scored that goal. Um on the TV now as we're watching the MLS Cup is being carried by some Atlanta fans. Um, and FC Cincinnati, that's the only time they'll ever see the Cup, the fans that are there at Mercedes-Benz. Anywho, um, so yeah, so that was an awesome goal. And then, womp womp, in crew fashion, we decide to kind of sort of concede a penalty. And I say kind of sort of because that was one of the softest calls I've ever seen in my life. Um, but... That being said, it's one of those things where when you make the push or you make the play, you've got to know that the other person might act as if they've been shot and go down. Yeah, and I mean, he did put both hands on him. It was a a little minor shove in the box, but Gaston's got to be better in those situations. But, I mean, we, we have the greatest goalkeeper in America at the moment, so nothing, um, Nothing came of it. Luckily, Zach was able to get both gloves on the ball to prevent Fagundes from getting the equalizer. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything away from Stefan's save, but that was a pretty poorly taken penalty. Um, It was. Stefan did a nice job guessing where to go correctly, but the Uruguayan master, the inventor of Mate, he did not score like he should have. So that actually really helped us out a lot that he didn't score. It was milliseconds away from my prediction being correct. But unfortunately, the Uruguayan Justin Bieber did not f- score. <laughs> I think it was Dwight Burgess who said that on a broadcast once. Oh, here's the Justin Bieber coming I've up. never heard him say that. <laughs> I try to not listen to Dwight anyway. But so, uh, but yes. Um, so that helped give us momentum into the second half. Well, not really momentum. I should, shouldn't put it that way. I should put it. It stopped them from having momentum. But when we came back out of the second half, the Revs definitely looked like they were up for it in the first 20 minutes or so. They were definitely dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one other quick thing to uh, to make note of regarding the first couple minutes of the second half was uh, Trap. Or I don't even know if it was the beginning of the second half or uh, end of the first half. But anyway, Trap got another red or another card. <laughs> Not a red card this time. But um, that just brings up my point from last week. You know, Trap got a card last week. He had a couple uh, rough challenges in preseason. We're seeing more consist- uh, poor consistency from him. So I, 
I want to know what's going on with Trap. Maybe he's trying to get in the championship. You know, maybe he's starting to play a little bit uh, harder football. No, I don't know if that's true. Um, I do remember, it might be just a discipline at the beginning of the season thing. I remember way back when I first started, he got a couple, if I remember, a couple red cards, like double yellow red cards. Um, so, I mean, maybe it's just a lapse in concentration. I don't know what it is, but I hope it's all out of the system come next weekend. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get five in a row because then he gets suspended for a game. That would not be fun. Yeah, he's already two for two. That Pedro Santos is also. They both have two yellow cards within the first two games. So they've both got to be a little more disciplined. They've got to uh, control their emotions on the field and time their tackles better than they have been. Yeah, usually at this point we're talking about how uh, Pipa needs to relax and go to his temper. <laughs> right. But he usually doesn't get yellow cards for uh, fouls. But anyways, that's another story for another day. Um, and then, did Bai, I think it was before the crew scored their second goal, didn't um, Bai get red carded and then not red carded? Wasn't that before yeah, the Yeah, so that whole debacle happened late. Um, it was actually the 83rd minute when uh, Bai was shown the red um, he complained about it as he should have because it wasn't a foul. Um, referee went over to VAR to review it as you are allowed to do with red cards and, um, goals among other things. But yeah, uh, it was not a red card. His elbow didn't come up. It was against his body. He did make contact with Pedro with his elbow, but there's really nothing that he could have done in that situation. So red card was drawn back. He was uh, shown a yellow instead which I'm happy with. That was yeah, so I'll a, that slightly was disagree call. with you because it was a foul. It just wasn't a red card foul. Um, no, I mean, like, <laughs> he he jumped up with his elbow against his body. Like, where where do you want him to put his arm? Yeah, but they still called the foul. I um, and so he got the yellow card for it. So if you're happy with the yellow card, you have to concede it was a foul. Yeah, I... I thought it was soft anyway. I, I wouldn't yeah. have shown anything, but no, I agree. When I first when I first watched, I was like, I don't think that's a red card. Um, it, it looked like you know sometimes people try to be sneaky and you know throw out their forearms and elbows at people and pretend like they were just oh I'm just flying in the air. Yeah. I didn't even see that. I legitimately saw um, him just just jumping. So I was happy with that they corrected it. It was a good use of VAR. MLS has already shown this season that they don't know what they're doing with VAR. So you've got um, other than this instance, this isn't it works. Um, like even at the end of um, the first half of Atlanta-Cincinnati. Like, what are you doing? Why did you not call a penalty there? That was a clear and obvious penalty. So, anyways, we'll pretend like that's serious. Um, and then also, the FA and UEFA, they're, they're throwing, in my opinion, they're throwing VAR. They're trying to make it look bad because all the old Englishmen don't want VAR in the game. So, um, MLS and UEFA and the FA are the only people who don't know how to do VAR. But that's a rant. I'll get off my soapbox. And I'll move on to the second goal because after... Our sub, um, Jimmy, decided he wanted to assist a goal, which is pretty nice. Yeah, so um, going into the extra minutes of the game, we had only made one sub. Rubinho came in for Justin Merrim in the 73rd minute. Um, again, that was long overdue. I, I Merrim was, again, the worst player on our team yesterday. Um, I would have rather seen Rubinho come in at the half rather than wait all the way up until the 73rd, but... Worked out anyway. Um, anyway, going into the extra time, uh, Hector was subbed on for uh, he he came in for Pedro, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Miriam got subbed off first. Yeah. Rubinho so Hector on. came in for Pedro in the ninety third, um, and then a perfect pass from Zach Steffen all the way up to Hector, who had a wonderful first touch. 
Um, Hector then beat his defender and passed the ball right in front of Jossie Zardes. Zardes was then 1v1 with the goalkeeper, and the rest is history. We walked away from the game. And you got to love the MLS gift secondary assists. Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah, Zach did get uh, his secondary assist on that, which is dumb, but um, it, it was a great play from – it was a great ball from Zach up to Hector, so I guess he he – Oh, sorry. Oh, Got a little scored. distracted. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, Zach, uh, that was a great ball from him. So good that yeah, he it was got nice, some credit there. Nice goal from the back. Um, that's why I'm looking forward to the next game, but that's a tease for our discussion about Dallas. So let's do a little bit of, unless you had anything else to say about the game, we can do like player ratings. Um, just one little thing to note uh, that I heard on the broadcast. Uh, Zarda is last year. He only scored two uh, road goals. So he's already up to his record last year, two games in. So... Very good for him. Um, I'm expecting a big season from him as we had last year. So, all in all, good performance from the lads. That is pretty exciting that um, we did have we did have the assist from Sanch. We had the assist from um, Jimenez. Um, other than that, our attackers were kind of quiet. But Zardes did connect when he needed to, so that is a positive. When we go through the ratings, um, there's a lot of talk on social media about, oh, it's so sad that people can't enjoy a win. I think there's a difference between having commentary about the soccer and still being excited that we got three points and going on than just saying, you know, they suck, that they suck. We're not saying that the team sucks. Uh, I have a feeling Dakota's ratings going to be much higher than mine. <laughs> but I'm one of those weird people who, um, just to use a Premier League example, last week Manchester United played Southampton. Well, Southampton played them. Manchester United ended up winning 3-2 in a highly contested game with crazy calls. But that was an exciting, awesome game to watch. So I wasn't that sad that Southampton lost. Um, in case you didn't know, that's why I support um, I kind of feel that way when I watch the crew. If they play awesome and they end up with a draw or a loss, I actually am more happy than a crappy win. But this was a crappy win on crappy turf away against the Eastern Conference rival, so I was happy all across the board. But some of these players are going to get dinged in the ratings. I just want to give you a heads up. Ooh, here we go. All right. Well, let's start with Zach Steffen, just because this will be easy one. Yeah, Zach Steffen, this is easy. Uh, man of the match, I would give him a 10 out of 10. Stopped the penalty, got an assist, even though it's yeah. dumb. It was a secondary assist. But uh, he had a great game, uh, made a couple of very good saves. Um, couldn't ask for anything more from him. Yeah, 10 out of 10 for sure for me, too. A penalty stop and a shutout, I mean... you. The man cannot not get a 10. And by the way, we're doing the FIFA type ratings where four is like horrible and six is average. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right, moving on to Harry Awful. Uh, Harrison, I'm going to give him a seven. He didn't really have like a stellar game. It was, um, he, he still got the shutout. So I think across the board, all of our defenders are going to be judged as having a better than average game since we did get the shutout on the road uh so harry gets a seven from me Ooh, i was a little harsh on harry too i give him a five a lot of turnovers Ooh. a lot of scary turnovers luckily um the revs actually that's one thing i did want to point out um our defense may is awesome on paper and do really well um there were a lot of chances that i feel like if our defense had been as lazy as they were this game that the red bulls would have capitalized on Luckily, the offense of the Revs was horrible, so right. these errors didn't matter, but it still doesn't make their score very positive. So I do apologize for, for the negativity. But we did get three points, and Columbus Crew is top of the East. Well, they were, at least when I checked this morning. I don't know if they still are. That's all that matters. And um, we're going to win the trouble. So, I mean, there's really nothing beyond that. Um, so moving on to Jonathan Mensah. Uh, Mensah, I thought he had a really good game also. Um, he didn't really 
have anything that stood out to me as being bad. Um, got the shout out, so I'm going to give him a seven as well. All right, I'm just there's nothing negative or positive about it. It just was average to me, so he gets a six from me. And then Mr. Gaston Saro, I'll just go first because I don't want to get killed. Um, but yeah, he gets a five, and that's being generous. Um, I'll give him a six. Uh, he's the one that's going to get the lower rating for me on the defense just because he did have the push in the box that drew the penalty. Um, but setting that aside, he still had a good game the rest of the game. So serious comment. Oh, it looks like one of Cincinnati's players is down. Um, eh. So Whatever. Oh, it's Manny. Oh, that's not good. Oh, it's Kukuda. Didn't we have him for a while? Yeah, for a hot minute. Columbus reject. Um, anywho, actually, I like him. I, I shouldn't talk about him. I'm sorry. But also, one thing about Sarah's thinking about, too, is that since he came back from, you know, that horrible injury, almost season-long, well, it was a season-long injury, and that maybe he was a little apprehensive playing on that turf because the weather was not nice. I'm guessing it was semi-slick. But I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but that might be a reason he was a little bit more shaky this game. Possibly. And then Waylon Francis, um, last week we kind of were a little bit harsh on him. Um, this week I didn't see anything similar in the harsh stance, but I also didn't see anything stellar, so he gets an average six. Yeah, I'm giving him a seven uh, just because we did get the shutout. He did a good job on defense, um, had a couple good tackles, uh, didn't have any terrible passes that I can remember. So um, above average because we did get the shutout on the road. All right, moving on to the midfield, um, our holding midfield, we have Artur, who, again, not terrible, not great. I'll give him a six. Uh, yeah, Artur, um, I think actually both um, both of our midfielders, Trap and Artur, they had just an average game. I'm going to give both of them a six. Yeah, I'd have the same thing with Will, too. And it was one of those things, again, where it wasn't, oh, they were terrible. But there were a few kind of shaky, lazy things that I just hope don't continue when we play better opponents. Right. And then we've got Sanch, who um, I'm giving him an eight. What a pass. What a play. He didn't spend as much time on the ground this week, so he did still spend a fair amount of time. But Yeah, I'm giving uh, Pedro an eight as well. Um, like we touched on earlier, his pass uh, to Jossie, it was perfect. Um, he had a couple other good passes during the game. Um, I know a lot of people are only going to take note of the couple times that he flopped, but, you know. You got to actually watch the game and give credit he where it's Almost due. drew a red card if it wasn't for VAR. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so Justin Miram, this is the one that's going to be the most polarizing. Um, I He gets a four. That's a generous four, even though it's the minimum score on the FIFA rating. Um, I'm giving him a five. I think that he was the worst player on our team yesterday. Um, he did have one. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it a chance, but he had one specific run where he went. Um, all the way into the box, almost to the uh, touchline, or not to the touchline, to the end line, and um, he ma- he he beat his defender, and he was kind of one v one with the keeper, and he just passed it right into the keeper. Like there was no power to it, there was no finesse or anything. Oh yeah, it, there's it, no trying to raise it or kick it in the far yeah, corner or just, get it over the keepers. Yeah, he oh. basically just tapped it right into the keeper. I'm like, come on, you have to do better than that. You're Starting on the best team in the world. Try- oh, crap. Well, oh, man. Offside. You hate okay. to see it. Oh, you hate to see it. Oh, man. Such a bummer. Terrible player. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Justin Miram, he gets a five. Yeah, so... Um, so... Oh, the ref's got his finger to his ear. Anyways, we'll try to pay attention. Um, the thing about Miram for me is... 
some of you may know I'm slightly a large Ethan Finley fan, um, slightly. But when he had that down season in 2016, it became apparent at some point that he needed to move on in his career. He was never going to be how he was with the crew. Um, and I think Miram's hit that point. Because last year gave him the benefit of the doubt when he came back from Orlando because of all the stuff that happened with the fans. He did not get a good shake over there. Last year, pretty much everybody got a pass yeah. because of the situation that we were true, in last that's year. True, yeah. But this year, we moved on. We have the team. We're fighting for trophies. And Justin Miram is not doing what he needs to be doing to help us achieve that goal. Yeah, and so... Um, the he was really really awesome in 2017 when we needed the boost and then he disappeared in the playoffs. But I'm concerned and I think that maybe he does need to um, get something to shake up his career, whether that's um, starting on the bench, um, if we get some more people in June, um, or that's you know maybe going somewhere else. And then because Finley's been doing pretty well, not this season before his injury, he was actually doing really really well and scored some goals for Minnesota. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't even have to wait until this summer. Rubinho is perfectly capable True. of starting. Yeah. I would love to see Rubinho start a game, um, maybe against one of the, I don't want to say easier opponents, because in MLS we don't have any easy opponents. But um, I, I would love to see Rubinho start on the wing uh, in Justin Merrim's place. Yeah, I keep forgetting about Rubinho. Like, in my mind, for some reason, because he's, he's one of the new players. Right. I keep trying to think. I know Argudo is playing a more defensive role this this season, but I keep thinking, like, Argudo or Hansen, but Hansen is, is injured. But yeah. yeah, Rubinho, for sure. Let's give him a start um, and try to light the fire. Yeah, I would love it. Give him a shot. And then moving on to Pipa, for me, it's this is going to seem kind of harsh um, because usually the maestro is, you know, making all the plays. Soccer is a really, really hard sport to watch on TV. When you're at the stadium, you can see all the stuff he does behind the scenes. I couldn't see it on the TV, so and he didn't assist any goals or make really lead to any goal scoring chances. So he gets a six for me, and I acknowledge that that's probably harsh because he probably was doing a lot that I couldn't see. Yeah, I'm going to give him a seven just because he had good ball movement. Um, he did have a couple missed passes. Uh, most of them were longer passes that he attempted, but um, good good ball control around the pitch is normal. Um, he was kind of uh, controlling the pace of the game, which is his role. But um, it, he didn't have like a spectacular game. Nothing really huge, memorable that stuck out as, oh, wow, that was great. But um, he he played well. All right. And we have one last player. We have our uh, goal score, brace score. Um, Zarda still gets a nine for me. Um, he, to me, other than Stefan, um, was the next best player with those with that brace. Yeah, I'm actually mirroring your uh, your score there. I'm giving him a nine as well. Um, he had two great goals. Um, the control on the header was great. He put it perfect in the perfect spot to get it in the back of the net. And then I was really impressed with his second goal that he had the composure of 1v1 with the keeper to get it past him and uh, give us the locked win. So nine for, nine for Jossie. Good game. Yeah, and so that gives him room to improve um, because he can score a hat trick next game. Yeah, should have had three. So we'll talk a little bit about the game next week, and then if we have time, maybe do a run around the MLS. Um, we play Dallas next Saturday at 2 o'clock kickoff, which probably means 2.08 kickoff. But I have to say, what do you, how do you feel about that 2 o'clock time? Like, I'm pretty excited about the 2 o'clock time. Uh, yeah, especially this early in the season when it's still kind of right. chilly. Um, I, I love afternoon games. Um yeah, I would even like a couple in the summertime, and it would be like in the blaring heat yeah. in, in the sun. But still, nice little change. But yeah, I'm happy about the two o'clock kickoff time for this Saturday. Yeah, I think it's a right time to do it during the summer or during the winter months when it's not so when it is colder. If I can learn to speak, but 
But yeah, in the summer, I do remember we played. Actually, it was the one the game where that firefighter got struck by lightning and they postponed it till the next day. It was played at noon. It was FC Dallas like four years ago, and that was horrible. That was a zero zero draw, getting sunburned like yeah, crazy. So I, fun time. I don't mean to take away from from the lightning issue, but yeah, that was not that was not a good game. Um, so Dallas, they are off to the same start as the crew. They have four points. Um, in their first game, they tied the Revs 1-1, so I guess that's an edge that we have as we beat the Revs. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about their game that they played yesterday, um, they played L.A., but they played at L.A. without Zlatan and without Alessandrini, so I'm not sure how much we can take away from it. But they're, uh, uh, they had some really nice out-of-the-back chances. Um, their goal, uh, let's see, I guess L.A.'s goalkeeper made a couple errors, um, and... The first goal is a penalty, so if we cannot concede a penalty, well, you know we have a chance to beat these guys. Yeah, they scored the penalty, and then I forget who scored the other one, but it was a very good goal. I know it was a good goal. The second one, everybody yeah. on MLS Twitter was uh, talking about it. It was a it was a very good goal. Yeah, the second goal was a pass from Pumacall. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he did one of those diagonal passes from behind the goal. Um, kind of like Ala Finley used to do. Um, kind of diagonal into the box. Acosta took the ball and scored it, and just man, he put a dent in that in that old potato bag. So um, that was a really nice goal. Um, I do think what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping that uh, Caleb has got the jitters out, that he has uh, experimented as much as he wants to. And I know it's only the third game, but that both teams play their style. I think it'll be a very, very, very entertaining game. I hope we don't sit back because they're Dallas is a little bit more of a counterattacking team. At least they've been so far this year. Yeah, they're more of a. They actually play pretty similar to the crew. They yeah, ha- they're right. a um, pressing team, possession team. So I think this is going to be. I know we're only three games in, but I think this is going to be our biggest test at, so far. Yep, and so but I do think it'll be entertaining, and I, I do think, um, in my mind we will pull out the win in this game. So I'll let you go first because i got to score in my mind what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really had much time to th- think about it, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. Nice. Um, again, I'm never going to pick the crew to lose because we're the best team in the world. We should be winning every game. But um, I think we're going to take the momentum of the away win that we got yesterday. Uh, we're back home. I know Caleb was really hungry to get the three points the first time around. We were home didn't happen so i think they're going to be extra hungry have that extra fire in their mind and really go out and get all three points all right no i agree with that i have a three one um i don't see the way they play i don't see us having a shutout at home it'd be nice but yeah uh, i think i think they have too many good attacking players for a shutout yeah um and so i don't have a prediction from cam or french (laughs) are they even on this podcast (laughs) I don't know. Actually, that before I um, go forward with the scores, that's a good point. If anybody listening to this would like to be a part and you're willing to come in person because we don't do that whole conference call thing and you're willing to keep it clean and actually talk about soccer, um, it would be great. Um, you just have to contribute $96 so that I can re-record the preview <laughs> and take out you know the people who don't show up. No, it's all good, but that is serious. Send me a DM if you are interested. We'll see how it goes, but uh, we'll keep bringing you soccer analysis. Slide into Todd's DMs. Um, a couple of things to note, just uh, looking forward to our game next week against Dallas. Uh, last year, uh, they're a Western team, so we only played them once, but it was a 0-0 draw in Frisco. So this year, hopefully there's more action. And our all-time record against FC Dallas, a.k.a. our Hunt Twins. Yes, our Hunt Rivals. Hunt Rivals. The t- a.k.a. the team that the Hunts actually care about. 
AKA we got the short end of the stick. AKA we have better owners now. <laughs> AKA they have that awesome Hall of Fame now. That AKA thanks Lamar, but your sons just crapped the bed. Yeah. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. All-time record against FC Dallas. Uh, the crew is up. We have 19 wins overall, 13 draws, and 17 losses. So pretty even record against them. Just that is pretty even, yeah. Because my recollection, one of the places that has been on my list for years that I really, really want to go to is Dallas. Um, I feel like Dallas is one of those teams that like it, they don't really get shown the spotlight very much, and they just kind of slip your mind and, until you're up against them. Right, because they have a lot of homegrowns, and they have um, – a lot of young talent, so it's yeah. kind of weird. I don't. And they're I don't know constantly why. a good team. It, it seems like they're the ones that the league would want to spotlight, but they don't seem to. I take it back. I don't want to go to Dallas. I want to go to Frisco, but that is definitely on my list to go check them out. I'm surprised to hear that's even. It's that even, but we seem to always the games against them. Always, I'm always looking forward to them. They always end up being boring. So yeah. hopefully, in this case, that's not it. But to give you an update in the uh, predictions last week, um, we, well, we all have zero points because um, we don't know what we're doing. But, uh, of course, Dakota picked a win, a 3 nothing win. It was kind of close We're to close. being right, but it was We're unfortunately close. not right. But you still get a point for getting that correct. I predicted a 1-1 draw, which is very close to being correct. False. But, for goodness, screw that up. Or Stefan made it great, however you want to look at it. Um, so I get no points. And then Cam had predicted a 0-1 loss. Sad. How can you predict a loss? Yeah. So he gets no points. Imagine hating the crew. Seriously. Couldn't be me. No. And then French decided to pick a 2-2 draw as well, and he lost as well. So the only person to the point is Dakota. He has one point, which is more points than FC Cincinnati has. So that's not too bad. That is true. Um, So since we have only been going about a half hour or so, which, hey, hopefully you got to work by now. We're finished up your run. But let's do a quick run through of the league results that actually happened. Before I came over here, I was actually watching the NYCFC game against DC United. They were playing in the baseball field in New York City. Wait, what, they don't have a soccer-specific stadium? They don't. They've been in the league for, what, five years now? Weird. And still don't even have a plan. That's crazy. And also, just to point out again, uh, New York City FC has to pay... $1 million every single time they play at Yankee Stadium. Wow. One of our co-hosts who's not here, so I'll call him out, thinks that we should put, uh, they should put the stadium in Central Park. So, uh, yeah. We'll leave. We'll move on. That would be sweet, though. <laughs> it would be sweet. It's never going to happen. No, but it would be cool. Man, there'd be so many people up in arms. There's a there's a park um, in Rosario, Argentina, where Neil's Old Boys, their stadium is in the middle of the park, and it's so nice. It would never happen here because we covet parkland and everything, but it's it's a really nice area. Because we care about the earth here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, New York City FC and DC United ended the game nil-nil draw. It was a boring game. Not much happened. Not much to talk about. Well, what about, uh, I have this hot take from Ivis, I, Ives... I don't know how to say his name, Galarsep. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't know his name. But he said that Bill Hamid and Sean Johnson had stunning saves and that U.S. men's national team coach Greg Balhurto should be watching them and be impressed with both of them today. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, you can be impressed with both of them. They're good backups to Zach. There we go. That's right. (laughs) I mean, Zach is always going to be the number one. And that's the correct answer. Um, Before we move on much further with uh, MLS, we did have – or I did tweet from the account – um, if anybody has any questions, I think we had like one real question. So give me just a sec while I pull that up. 
Um, from Nathan Townsend, he said, did today's game impact your opinion of Pedro Santos? He had a great assist, but also couldn't stay on his feet for five consecutive minutes. I feel like we kind of addressed your that already. thoughts? Anything yeah. else to add? I feel like we addressed it, and I will say that um, we, a couple of things. We are going to continue to be live and continue to do show prep. I do apologize I was traveling this weekend, so I don't have that much show prep. He so, went to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so compared to, so compared to Massive Report. And then also, um, I see that Aces Radio doubled down last week on how terrible Sanchez and how he needs to, to leave. So I am on the Pedro Santos hashtag never doubted train. So Mr. Townsend, hop on the train, my friend. I love Pedro. We are going to, to build him up Always have. all season. He is going Always to get will. the MVP of the team. He is going never to score doubted. more goals. Never doubted. Hashtag never Top lad doubted. in the game. So, so that's what we feel about Pedro Sanch. Um, he's going to work hard this year. He's going to get that contract extension, and it's going to be all good. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on it a couple of times um, last episode and this week. Um, every every player this year is starting on a clean slate, in my opinion. Last year aside, uh, Pedro Santos is definitely a different player this year. Yes, he flops a couple times, but he's putting in more work and he's uh, producing better soccer for for the for the crew. So, all in all, happy that Pedro is actually being good this year. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Pedro Santos. Hype train, hop on a board if you watch real soccer. I do have to say co-host Stuart that that was an excellent idea to, to have questions posted I know um, I wish I'd thought of it it's all right you'll get there someday and then we had one other question from um are are they a brother podcast are they a I don't know well who is it three two one um they're like let's a, just call like them amateurs stepbrother podcast we'll call them stepbrothers well they have two teams so it's kind of unfair advantage we only have one team so I don't know whatever you want to call it I don't know uh, step I like stepbrother. We'll stick with stepbrother. Okay, so our stepbrother podcast, three, two, one pod. They had a question um, about Zach Steffen and his cooking abilities. If Zach Steffen were making a really big pasta salad, whom would he be making it for, and why? I'm going to say if he were making pasta salad, it would be for Pat. Pat Onstead. I was actually going to say his mom. He's, Pat seems like a pasta salad guy. That's true, but I feel like he would just say, like, Mom, thank you for raising me so well, yeah. and thank you for helping me achieve my dreams. Here's some pasta salad. True. So we hope you answered your question well, and now Greg Garza is being subbed on for FC Cincinnati. I mean, I see yeah, I see him in a FC Cincinnati jersey. Why is he on the bench? That is one of the best defenders in the league, okay? Uh, that's very strange to me. They don't want to win soccer games. So I'm very confused, but... Uh, Let's see what happens. He also has very, very large biceps for a soccer player. Jonathan Mensah is better. Fair. Anyway. So guest on Sorrow. Back to uh, MLS this week. Uh, yesterday, I didn't watch any other games yesterday. Actually, no, strike that. I watched San Jose against Minnesota, the fighting Ethan Finleys. Um, the Ethan, what a great game. Ethan, Ethan Finley comes Finleys. on for 10 minutes. Awesome. Uh, the fighting Ethan Finleys, they won 3-0 against San Jose at San Jose. I do have one comment about my Loons because that's my Eastern Conference this year. That's my, my travel hope is to go to Minnesota and see that beautiful, beautiful new stadium. It is nice. And to see the best soccer player in crew franchise history play. Um, it he, is kind of crazy. He still plays for the crew. They're still top of the I think they're top of the league in the standings. And with six, oh, Seattle also has six points now. Yeah. But... Um, and they are oh, yeah. ahead on... I watched like the first 15 minutes of Seattle, and that's basically all that 
I needed to watch because they scored two goals within eight minutes. Yeah, Seattle's ahead in goal differential, so they've scored five goals. Or, I mean, the differential is five, and Minnesota is four. So, anywho, but them to have two... I don't... Did they even have two wins all season last year, the Loons? So... Uh, I don't know. They were, they've been terrible they were horrible. up until this year. So, I'm pretty excited for them to do well, but also, as an Ethan Finley fan, it is kind of like, uh, if they keep doing well, he's probably not going to get the start off the bench until something happens. So, But I do wish him the best. I know that that's a controversial thing to say, because there are people that I don't wish the best, like Michael Park- Parkhurst, other than today, um, or people who've left the crew, but... Um, but to me, Finley's different. But but yeah, anyway, um, Fighting Finley's, they won 3-0, um, scored a couple good goals. San Jose looked bad, like really bad. Um, Wondolowski, yeah. he missed a couple that were like right in front of the goal. That's I've probably never, why he looked bad. I've never seen him do that before. Except in the World Cup. Yeah, so San Jose's one of the team with zero points. Currently, the other teams are um, FC Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Atlanta, which Atlanta's going to get three points today. And then, so that'll leave Cincinnati, Philadelphia, San Jose, and Vancouver without a win. And the game, the other game today, I didn't watch it, but just looking at the stats, it looks awesome. Sporting Kansas City beat Philadelphia 2 nothing. So if it looks like Philadelphia is going to be another, have another sad attempt at a season this year. Um, yeah, it I looks saw like their, Fabian got himself a red card. Yeah, their new guy, Fabian, he got. Sent off in the 60th. Looks like it was a double yellow. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. But no, that's good the for way the crew. That the app is, unless a, the app's wrong, it looks like he got a yellow in 31st and a straight red in the 60th. I'll have to watch that. I don't know. And they also conceded a penalty. So it's looking good for my uh, for one of my Eastern Conference teams, Sporting Kansas City. But overall, like I know we're only in the second week, but the, those are some good results for the crew. Uh, we have Sporting right. Kansas City beat a Eastern rival Philly 2-0. Um, NYCFC, DC, they tied 0 0. That's good for the crew. Um, Houston beat Montreal 2 to 1. There's another um, Eastern Conference rival that went down. And uh, who else? Oh, Chicago and Orlando. They tied 1 to 1. So overall, in the East, it looks like this week only Atlanta, if they can hold on to this game, and the crew are the only two teams that are taking points away from their games. Which is good, yes. So crew taking do top all the, the points east. away from their games. I mean, uh, crew do top the East, <laughs> and DC United is tied on points, but um, they're second place because they have only two goals for. So we have three goals for, which is crazy to think Columbus Crew sitting on top because of goals for. So the goals have come era has arrived. Thank you, Caleb Porter. We're scoring all the goals, thanks to Pedro. Oh, so that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast for Columbus um, again. If you're interested in chatting with us, let me know. And also, if you want to help contribute to the Podcast Wars laser tag event, um, you know, send donations. (laughs) Care of Todd Fichtenberg, I don't know. And um, if you do have any questions or any comments that you want to get on the air, uh, you can tweet at us individually or at the the podcast account. Uh, We'll try to get them on if they're soccer-related and or not terrible questions. (laughs) Yeah, and if they're... uh, I mean, if they're talking about Zach Steffen cooking uh, pasta salad for his mom, I guess we'll talk about it for a minute. Yeah, do we want to make a hashtag like Ask Dakota? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Ask Alexi. Stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great show. (laughs) So, So that concludes today's conversation. 
Have a great week. We'll see you next week um, after the Dallas game. I've been Todd Fickmark at Todd33 for Mr. Dakota Stewart at Dakota Stewart. Vamos Columbus!